Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. It is Sunday, September 26th. This is your Sunday submission from MMANews.com. The day after UFC 266 and uh, some boxing news. I'm Ed Carbajal. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. And if you like this video and the videos that we do up at the MMANews.com YouTube channel, make sure you do the thumbs up, bell notification, and check out our most recent interviews from the Canadian god, James Lynch. This week we have, oh, my page flipped, Aspen Lad, Armin Sarukian, I'm sorry if I messed that up, and Julian Marquez, as well as some other uh, fighters from upcoming cards and uh, next couple of UFC Vegas fight nights. I think we got Marina Rodriguez on there. Interesting stuff to look at because of what's going on with the flyweight division, um, the women's flyweight division in the UFC, especially after the last night. So make sure you do that. Hook up the channel with a couple with some numbers. All right. Um, before we get into the UFC card, I want to talk just because there was some sig significant news in the world of heavyweight boxing yesterday. <clears throat> if you um, notice early in the afternoon, East Coast time, um, Alexander Usek defeated Anthony Joshua via unanimous decision. Um, so when you look at usually when boxing gets eyeballs on it outside of circus fights and the Paul brothers and MMA fighters doing boxing. It's usually the heavyweight division, right? Um, the uh, hmm. nothing like fall pollen to get your throat going in the morning in New Jersey, but um, the um, heavyweight division in boxing has always been the paramount, like must see. Even if you're a casual boxing fan, everybody tunes into heavyweight boxing because uh, you know that's what. That's just heavyweight champion of the world. It's just synonymous with combat sports, even, you know, predating mixed martial arts because mixed martial arts is only, what, almost 30 years old. Boxing has been around since like the, eight, the late 1800s, the way that we know it anyway. Um, <clears throat> so the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because, you know, we have uh, Wilder Fury 3 soon. And um, one of the fights we were getting excited about was uh, uh, Fury Joshua, right? And then that got derailed because, uh, you know, the uh, Wild Wilder's team decided to use the the rematch clause in their contract or whatever legalities were behind it to uh, to kind of derail that. It was like, you know, I'm pretty sure Bob Aaron had something to do with that too because this would have been something, you know, co-promoted with, you know, the zone and everybody's got to get their piece of the pie, right? <clears throat> That's the thing, you know. Scott Coker alluded to it uh, when when he talked about cross-promoting with other promotions it's it's the tv deals and everyone else that has to show these things that everybody wants to see so fight fans want to see these fights but it's everybody else's contracts and stuff that kind of ruin it for the fans so but um this thing with with uh what happened yesterday so now Usyk has inserted his name into that mix of Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua you know, even Andy Ruiz is kind of still in there because, because of how close it, he came to to holding the belts that he when he handed Joshua his first loss. So now, now he's got two losses to uh, people that, and I'm pretty sure uh, Alexander Usek is undefeated. Let me just make, yeah, he's 18 and 0 now. So, um, that was uh, something. You know, I, he was a mandatory challenger, I believe. Um, yeah. And uh, 
that was why this fight was ready for Joshua to take as there as this you know uh Joshua Fury thing was happening. So now we have to wonder how much how much do you want to see Joshua Fury you know especially we don't know what's going to happen with Wilder Fury 3. You know, they're technically it was a draw then Fury won. This last one is is it's a trilogy. For me trilogy fights like video game rules. Best two out of three and, and we're done. So which is going to I'm going to repeat that when we look at the uh, the seven takeaways from UFC 266. But the thing about it is, you know, like now, depending on what happens in October with Wilder and Fury again, um, I mean, who knows who's going to win because uh, Deontay Wilder has that. I mean, as much as you want to criticize his skill as for the sweet science is boxing, boxer versus brawler or power puncher, you know, he is a power puncher. And, and if anything has erected the phrase, you know, puncher's chance, it's because of power punchers. And he did drop him in the, in that first fight, right? Um, second one was all Fury. So this one's definitely going to... Two guys that are now familiar with each other, it really could go either way. So winner of that will probably, you know, to keep things going in the world of heavyweight boxing, will now now Usyk's the guy, you know? Uh, Joshua's probably going to rematch it. This is the thing about boxing that people do get tired of. And, and you know, people keep saying boxing is dead and, and that's why MMA is the fastest growing sport. Because the thing about, you know, and, and we we're talking about the legalities of how promoters do things and stuff like that. I actually had um, Eric McGracken on the podcast that I do, who runs a combat sports law blog. If you, uh, it's on Coast to Coast Combat Hour, so go check that out. I've, I've shared it on my Twitter, so you can you can check it out there. But the thing about that was, uh, like, we talked about how you know the differences between combat sports and how MMA could get away with more versus boxing. But, um, you know, it's weird. It's weird looking at it because as a fan, you, you get more of the fights you want to see in MMA most of the time. Um, and in boxing, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth before eventually we get to see the fights that we want to see. So um, it's going to be interesting what what, what uh, happens after October in the heavyweight division of boxing. But I just wanted to touch on that before we got into UFC 266. So I'll leave that where it is. Um, and let's bring up uh, the seven takeaways from UFC 266 over at MMAnews.com. We have the full results there with highlights and videos and stuff like that. You know, I'm not normally I would bring that up for you, but you know how that goes um, if you've been following along with these Sunday submissions. So um, there's a lot to take away. And I always say that I always write that in the beginning, too. But um, and it's not on here, but I'm going to mention it now because. This is for the video, and, and I know we've written about it a lot when it happened. Uh, my reaction to the whole John Jones thing on International Fight Week, if you didn't know that UFC 266 Fight Week was International Fight Week for the UFC, and uh, shout-out to Matt Hawkins, whose boots on the ground went there for it. He's been to every single International Fight Week, and he has verified what I have been saying on our podcast for the longest, which is... International Fight Week is not worth going to anymore. It's um I mean they do they still do the Hall of Fame ceremony and they do what they call a fan expo. I guess it's a fan expo. I don't even know. I really don't know what to call it anymore. Um Matt described it as just a lining of fighters at a storefront with a magic marker in hand and you come and you take your picture and do the selfie and then you move on and there's a long line for that. Before 
the sale to Endeavor, WMEIMG, UFC International Fight Week was a fucking party, man. <laughs> I mean, best one ever, and Matt agrees with me on this because he's been to all of them. Best one ever, 2015 UFC International Fight Week. It was UFC 189. It was when uh, McGregor fought Chad Mendez, the split lip Robbie Lawler, Roy McDonald fight. Like, it was just, it's an amazing, there's events, fights leading up to the fight. Like, Invicta was, there was an Invicta event. Uh, there's a UFC fight night event. And then there was the, the pay-per-view event. It was just, you know, and then there was all kinds of stuff going on. Music, free parties, um, all that stuff. And um, we lost all that. I mean, it's definitely, I'm not, I'm, I, this is my opinion. Don't, don't hate on MMA news for this. And I'm saying that because somebody uh, asked a question last week about uh, why don't I have ESPN plus because, because there's nine or 10 other people. I mean, most of MMA news is UFC news. You don't need me to have an ESPN plus so they can write about the 20,000 things everyone else is writing about that happens on there. So that's why I don't have ESPN plus. I don't like, I don't like the money grab that, that I mean, they, they've gotten so big and I know that's why they've gotten so big, but you know, I, that doesn't mean I want to throw into that. Everything winds up on fight pass. I love UFC fight pass. I went to a fight pass party uh, the last time I was in Vegas in 2016, that's how much I like UFC Fight Pass because everything they do is going to eventually wind up on Fight Pass. So, uh, but enough about that. I'm digressing. Um, the John Jones thing, International Fight Week. I mean, he won an award and went out and partied. And of course, you know, he got in trouble with the law. I mean, it's almost like uh, my reaction is the same as Dana White's. You know, you can't bring this guy to Vegas. It's almost expected when, when uh, you know, when Jones comes to Las Vegas, you, it's just expect trouble. Um, I think he said something like, like he can't handle Las Vegas. Like, uh, it's funny when I was first went to Las Vegas, a local once said to me, the local person, uh, said to me, if you can come to Las Vegas for a week, which I did and, you know, not become a degenerate or like, you know, just sick <laughs> or, you know, wake up hungover and, and just, you know, ruin your health or whatever, then you could probably, you're probably going to be all right to come back and be out there apparently john jones is not that guy um i'm tired of it i'm just like dana like again dana white's reaction is the same as me i'm just like figures i don't want to write about it i don't want to read about it he got himself in trouble and, and i'm sure we're going to read plenty more about that as uh as uh days upcoming days you know we get more news out of it because that happened thursday night into friday you know government takes the weekend off so as as we get rolling during the week, I'm sure we'll hear more, more than we want to hear about that. Mm. So the seven takeaways that I cared about, uh, I, everybody cared about. I mean, we had two title fights on this card, but you you if you were a casual fan, you probably really didn't know it because Nick Diaz made his return to the cage after taking um, a lot of time off. 2015, I wrote about Anderson Silva. Uh, UFC with that. That was Anderson Silva's return after his leg break. So that was like his first fight back, and it was a big deal. It got turned over to a no contest because of um, um, somebody popped hot for something. I think Diaz Weed and Anderson Silva had some sort of something in them. So it got turned to a no, no turned over to a no contest, which was sucked, but you know it was still a, it was still fun for the fans. A great a great fight for fans. I mean that that meme that you see of Nick Diaz laying down. Uh, like you know, with the hand up like that, it, that it's from that fight. So, um, 
But the funny thing about his return, you know, we got to see the kids. He's younger than me. But Nick Diaz has been fighting since he was 18 years old. All right. I think he started fighting in 2000, 2001. And here we are in 2021. Um, I mentioned him twice in this because obviously. So, I, you know, I, I told you guys, if you haven't been following this, when I write these seven takeaways, I usually started on fight week. And my first takeaway early in the week was just how much people were focused on the Diaz Lawler fight over the two title fights, which were awesome. I mentioned those. I'm going to get to those in a bit. Um, but this card, UFC 266, was like a real, um, like an OG fight fans card. You know what I mean? Like the UFC doesn't really put these together as often as we'd like. But um, this fight, like from from the first fight to the end, uh, again, the best example because he's a super fan is is a guy I do my co-host the podcast with me, Matt Hawkins. He you know he he was on the fence about flying out there, but when he looked at the card, he was like you know I mean, you had Roxanne Modafferi. You see that I'm going to get to that in a minute. Roxanne Modafferi was on there. I mean the two title fights plus the D, the Diaz Lawler fight, which is was their second fight. Um, they're one and one now against each other. That's another takeaway on here. I'll, I'll get more into detail about that. But just overall, it's a fun card. It was a fun card. And um, um, just to backtrack on my ESPN Plus thing, um, you know, they kind of screwed us, screwed some people over. They made it a little harder to watch than normal because I know college football and football and the bids, all the stick and ball sports takes precedence over combat sports most of the time. But um, what are you gonna do, right? Like, like that's just the way that things are. Not everybody as is as deep a fight fan as I am or or other people. So they put the the mid prelims on ESPN News, which really pissed me off because I had trouble watching them since I have freaking dick bag Comcast uh, wanted me to pay more money just so I could stream ESPN News. So you know, I I had to I had to go off of highlights and stuff. And wait for the pay per view to start, you know, to watch it where I go watch it. Um, but the, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, the the Nick Diaz return was obviously the biggest deal all week of the card, even with John Jones messing around. So there's, I feel like it overshadowed some of the great things that happened. But thank God the fights, the two title fights were so awesome that you know we still watched them. So. One of the things that, and this is, I mentioned Eric McGracken, how he was on the podcast. He tweeted out how Roxanne Modafferi, she didn't get a lot of love. This was her 44th fight. She's been fighting since 2003. Um, she's always positive. She's She's got a lot of losses on her record. She's got wins too. She's never seems to, to complain or, you know, I mean, look at that face. She's just happy as can be and, and, she put this tweet out because uh, she says, I got to tell Robbie Lola that his old fights inspired me to start fighting 18 years ago. A uh, 49th fight. I said 44. I'll have to I'll have to correct that. But, I mean, here's your, my 49th fight. 49th fight. So, I mean, uh, I I looked up her record on uh, Wikipedia. So, that, that, that number, that's why I'm off on this. So, she did fall 49. Almost 50 fights. She's been fighting for a long time. Since 2003, probably earlier. Not to mention her her jujitsu stuff, and you know she's a black belt. She teaches, um, and you know she was on the prelims. Didn't get enough love, but man, if she, um, I, I I I felt bad. I'm at the point that now when she loses, I'm sad for her because she's always so positive. Um, 
I mean, she lost her fight to Tyler Santos, but but the, this is still a milestone. The fact that she's been fighting that long, it really got didn't get him enough recognition. And um, again, Eric McGrath in CombatSportsLaw.com. Check out his blog. He pointed that out because um, he's been running his blog and stuff longer than I've been involved in this sport and covering it. Um, so I just thought she deserves some recognition. So that's why I made I put the only image in this post and. That's why she's there because uh, she lost. But listen, losses are lessons. So in, the, in the world of martial arts, losses are lessons. And the Happy Warrior is definitely somebody that is a living example of 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 that life, living that life. Um, Dan Hooker and Nasrat Hakparak. I'm spelling his name. I, I I can't pronounce his name. The guy that looks like Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> he um. The both of them had such a hard time getting there. I know Dan Hooker uh, went into some more detail with Megan O'Leary, um, but during the broadcast, they mentioned Paul Felder mentioned the day before their weigh-ins is when they finally got to Vegas, and they still made their weight weighed in and they fought all those three rounds. I mean, Hooker won the fight, but whew, I mean, again, talking about living that life, these guys absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think someone lost a family member. There's a funeral, you know, like, like stuff like that. I mean, I I know people that have pulled out of fights because they had to deal with stuff like that. Um, it's just, I mean, not for nothing personally. If if I was dealing with that, I don't think I could focus on. I mean, I've 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 gone through some serious stuff and trained, but um, I definitely, I definitely uh, super impressed with uh, the the. Just these fighters, the focus of these fighters. Sorry, that, my door just slammed because I got a draft going through the apartment. the The focus of these fighters, they um, they always impress me with just their like knowing that this is the path that they're going to be on. They're going to be on. This is again Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Roxanne, and these gentlemen. So shout out to both of them for um, just showing up and to to do this. I mean. It's not. It's not just for the fans. They're putting on a show. There's something in them that that this is something I have to do, and they do it, and that's super rare, especially nowadays when you talk to people. Just super rare to see. So I'm I'm glad they did it. Um. And the the women's flyaway problem. So it's fun. I I it was through uh James Lynch. At the, I believe it's on our YouTube channel when he spoke with Marina Rodriguez. And she talks about the women's strawweight division. So when you look at the women's strawweight division, you know, you got Rose, Zhang Weili, um, Joanna. Uh, um, I forget who else is, is in that mix. But, oh, Carla Esparza, who, who a lot of people thought should have gotten a title fight. But when you look at that, there's, um, there is, a, a, like, it's the same people fighting over and over again pay-per-views it's the same circle of people it's just a small group and we just keep recycling those fights while all these other fighters are fighting their way up and marina rodriguez is one of them which is why she brought that up and um we're starting to see that in the women's flyweight division as a women's flyweight problem you know uh jessica andrade again she's working her way up we just saw her i mean i don't know who else is out there that's gonna it's gonna be a valentina shevchenko right like right now, she just seems to be so dominant in this division. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I it actually makes me think there's more of a reason to make the Amanda Nunes 
Shevchenko fight happen again because they're they're literally 145, 135, 125 for the women's divisions. Two names, Nunez, Shevchenko. That's it. So make it, I mean, make it a super fight. You know, they did a BMF title. Make it a, uh, am I going to get in trouble if I say make a bad bitch fight? <laughs> make a badass bitch title? <laughs> badass whatever? Uh, you know, you could say if it's a BMF, a bad bitch, BB, whatever you want to call it. Do it. Do something like that. Um, and this quote uh, with the result from Lawler and Diaz. I mean, that fight, that fight, Nick Diaz is such a weird fighter. You can't even emulate the way he fights. Um, he outstruck. Uh, they kept reading off the numbers during the pay-per-view. He outstruck Robbie Lawler. I'm pretty sure that it was like over 200 or something like that by the time the finish came, but Lawler just kept moving towards him. I thought Diaz was going to win a decision, to be honest with you. When we I submitted my picks over to MMENews.com, one of the things that stood out was um, something always happens when I record with that door slam. When I did the podcast, a spider dropped on me, and, and, then, and then freaking uh, an earthquake happened. So it's just it is what it is. But um, uh, his his way of boxing and just reaching out, just to to kind of fit his hand, it's almost like some weird Wing Chun sticky hands type of thing that he does, where he counter punches and he was landing. I mean, Ro- Robbie Lawler's face uh, was red, and it's crazy that Daniel Cormier, when the finish came uh, for Lawler with the check right hook, that Daniel Cormier remembered that it was the same punch. It was the same, similarly the same finish when Nick Diaz finished Robbie Lawler in their first fight. So, and it's just like a weird poetic, um, something, something about this sport, man. Um, so they're one and one against each other. And I don't think we're going to get a third one. Um, that quote, I had it coming. Nick Diaz just seems to, he's got this weird, like down on himself, uh, anti-hero thing going where he's just like, wants to be that guy that's, you know, the walking off into the sunset alone or whatever. He had a t-shirt on at the wind that said something about something about a guy can't stand by himself. You know, yeah. Some, something about being able to face uh, hardships and stuff like that. And it just looks like, I mean, he, like he looked like he was enjoying himself at some points, but there was like a weird sadness uh, coming into the fight. And as good as he did, I mean, I thought if, if, if that went five rounds away, it would, I mean, the way that it did, I, I feel like that would have, Probably had a, a not going towards Nick Diaz, but Robbie Lawler was all there for it. I mean, and again, I mentioned UFC 189, the split lip Rob, Robbie Lawler. You know, he came there and took it and just started throwing every punch for the fences. And that one right hand that landed, you know, sat Diaz down. He started bleeding from his nose. And listen, when you get older, every it happens at different times for everybody. Maybe it was maybe it's due to inactivity or what have you, but you know Lawler having taken damage a lot and continuing to take it versus the 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 time that Nick Diaz had off and he got time to rest and recover and just start to feel like um, a, a fighter. Jillian DeCourcy just tweeted it out this morning. You know sometimes so there's there's no it's not quitting. It's just realizing like listen, maybe I don't want to get back up and 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 keep taking more punishment. I think I've had enough. I mean, that's just just something. It's like a, a maturity. And maybe Nick Diaz, you know, Nick Diaz, again, fighting since he was 18, damn near 22 years. 
um, there's fighters coming into the sport that age. So, you know, I don't think we'll see him a rematch or whatever. People are talking about do Nick Diaz, Donald Cerrone or something like that. Listen, if they want to do it, let him do it. That's all I can say about that. But um, Lauren Murphy, this one was another one that kind of made me sad. Um, you know, she fought her way. I wrote in my pre in my picks uh, how you know she fought her way. She got getting bullied out of Eddie Alvarez treating her like shit on the Ultimate Fighter show, and then fighting her way up to the to this point last night to face um, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, and um, uh, and I almost feel bad saying it, but like we all saw it happening that way. And uh, she was super confident going in. At the po- at the pre-fight press conference, she was even like, I have nothing to lose. If she doesn't even, if Valentina doesn't, you know, lose, look superhuman against me, you know, and, and I still lose something to that effect. Like if she lost, but, but lost any other way than it would have happened, then she would have still won somehow. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. I mean, it sucked to see it. Like you get behind someone like Lauren Murphy and then you see him get lose like that. I mean, Shevchenko is just... Uh, one thing me and Matt noticed when we were doing our preview on our podcast was that, you know, when you see these fighters become champions, you, you know, you see them in Modelo commercials and you see them doing Toyo Tire commercials and and all this other stuff. And, and when you see stuff of Valentina Shevchenko, social media or whatever, she, you know, she's, she's she, yeah, she does takes her little her little Instagram uh, thirst trap photos, but ninety. Eight percent of everything else you see about her when she's not in fight week or fight camp, she's just training, or she's doing a seminar and she's training and she's training, or she's firing a gun. Um, she's just a, a that's a deadly woman. That's a deadly woman. And they're talking about somebody asked her about fighting the Paul brothers at the at the pre-fight press conference, and and they, she didn't even let him finish. She was just like, I'd light him, I'd put him away. No, not, I, that's a scary woman. I mean that's again Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko. I, I I hope it happens. I hope I hope I hope you do. I hope it happens. <laughs> um, and then the main event again. Everybody was focused on Diaz Lawler, and that was a cool fight. And you know whatever happened happened there. It was a nice build up. Whatever. But I feel like this wasn't really the focus up until it had it that happened especially that third round i mentioned so alexander volkanovsky escaped guillotine triangle um and a darsh choke i think i'm that's all the ones that he got out of that i remember he might have gone for two darsh chokes i know he or it was a head and arm guillotine and he's transitioned to the darts or straight to the doesn't matter ortega's ortega's got that lanky build that he can that which is why his submissions are so tight. And the first one, that guillotine, that mounted guillotine, where <laughs> Volkanovsky was doing this with his legs to get out of it, um, Damon asked him afterward, like, how tight was it? How did it feel? And he said it felt like I was about to lose the title. Um, I don't know how he survived it. I think it was just, um, as a jiu-jitsu guy myself, I can tell you, um, you know, you get to a point where you you don't you know if you can try for a certain amount if you get locked in a submission and and you know you're in a fight especially for a title fight you, there's there's a chess game you have to play especially i mean you're midway through th- round three it's five fights but you know 
that happened and that was the first submission attempt in like round three so we'll say halfway through um that you have to say let me i can't burn myself out trying to get this if he's not going to tap you know or, or the referee's not jumping in or what have you so you have to move on to something else and that's where we saw uh brian ortega's intelligence uh grappling intelligence where he transitioned to something else um and uh, the triangle was super tight, and that guillotine was super tight, and and I think it was just f- sheer Volkanovski violence that got him out of there. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, after the after the win, Alexander Volkanovski kind of like called out all of like fans, media, and what have you, and there that that were kind of like uh, you know questioning because you know the way the way it happened with um, uh, getting the title through Holloway and stuff like that. You know, it was kind of like all right. You know, you win by decision, you win by decision. But as I, eventually when you – I don't want to say it was domination, but the fact that he – because he wasn't. I mean, there was it was a great fight, great fight, um, which I wasn't expecting it to be, like, this as good as it was. But just that back and forth, that's – that's the fact that he fought through all of that and came out on top, that's definitely, um, definitely something to uh, behold and tip the hat, recognize him as a true featherweight – champion um whoever he gets next i i i honestly i'm all for what i'm on the alexander volkanovsky train like i'm I'm a fan now you don't have to convince me sir you've definitely won won me over i i will defend the fact that you're the legit champion uh if anybody asks me from now on um again i will i mean i didn't care but after last night, it's definitely something interesting fights to make. That's for sure. Uh, as far as Brian Ortega, man, I mean, he's definitely the dude fought like like a you know he well, he wanted it. It's just uh, you know, this just wasn't happening for him. And um, I that's that's pretty much it for me. We got Beltor coming up, Beltor two sixty seven uh, coming up Friday. We got uh, uh, Douglas Lima, and Michael Van and Page, another UFC fight night uh, coming soon, and. That's it for me. I'll let you get to your football on Sunday. There's, uh, you know, well, none of it's probably on ESPN News. <laughs> Maybe it is. Who cares? Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, make sure you do the thumbs up bell notification uh, for the uh, MMAnews.com YouTube channel. Uh, go to MMAnews.com to check out the full results and highlights uh, from UFC 266. And uh, if you like the stuff that I do and you want to check out that podcast and all this commentary that I do at all the places I contribute to, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, I'm tapping out. Peace.